Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply from the beautiful Blue Line Brews studio. It is the Burt Lehman in the North Carolina sweatshirt, I believe it is. It is yes. the Ryan Aho <laughs> in the same sweatshirt I'm wearing. Brad Parsons, Ag Solutions. Little egg time going on here. <laughs> That's right. And it is Puka. I heard some comments last week. I wasn't with you guys on the flat brim hat, so I decided to bring it back. Episode 147. <laughs> How are we doing, fellas? Doing very well. Doing outstanding. Awesome. So big, you know, big recaps here. A lot of racing this week and a ton of invitationals. So let's get uh, right into it. Ryan, Dirt Track Supply, our presenting sponsor. You got a few words? I do. Episode 147, of course, right? So um, Dirt Track Supply, I was actually out at the Casino Speedway this week, and I'll touch on that. But these guys do so much for racing. You know, Ron Anderson, Trevor Anderson, Dirt Track Supply, whether you need parts, safety equipment, tires, a new chassis, fab work done, bodies, you name it, they're the go-to for all everything racing in the North Line. Get a hold of Trevor over there. He'll take care of you. And also, I want to give him a shout-out. So I was at the Casino Speedway Saturday night after the races. I'll be honest, I'm a fat kid. I like food. I like to eat after the races. It's like it's what I like to do, right? I get down to the pits, and lo and behold, Dirt Track Supply, Trevor, of course, Rosso Racing, which is family, Andy Rosso's mom. They had pork loin. They had brownies. They had chips. I mean, they fed half the pit area down there. That was super cool um, to be able to go down there, get a little grub, visit with a lot of people, poke a little fun at a, at a few. And Trevor's like, all right, what did you say when I when I spun out? Because he, he ended up hitting a little bit of a hole, stalled the motor, got turned around. I'm like, in the modified. In the modified, same thing right? I always say, yeah, in the modified. I'm saying, same thing I always say. As an announcer, I'm like, oh, didn't quite see what happened there. Uh, we'll wait for the official to make the ruling on that. And I knew it, and he's like, oh, man, I don't do that often. But rough weekend for him. But on a positive note, I talked to him that the repairable vehicles Tri-State Late Model Series, he has that clinched. Yeah. So unofficially, right, congratulations, Trevor Anderson, on winning that. That's a big accomplishment. Super cool. And Jeremy Castro, Arrow Nation, he's got an Arrow All West doubled up in the street stock division with that Arrow chassis out in Sheridan. So congratulations to him as well. Well, speaking of the repairable vehicles, Tri-State Series, a little rumor going on out there. A little bit of drama, boys. A little bit of drama. We like drama, right? So here's the deal. So year, so the 100 started, the Wissota 100 started at the Marshfield Super Speedway. Puka, you and I went yeah. together to one of them. Bert, you were probably there as well, right? We just didn't know you then. <laughs> then it switched over to the Cedar Lake Speedway. And it was there forever. And they then they kind of went to the Western deal and all that. Well, when the whole thing collapsed with Cedar Lake and Wasoda, it went to Huron, the Dakota State Fair Speedway. And great environment. Beautiful facility out there. Tons of room. Tons of parking. Personally, everybody's got their own opinion. I prefer the racing on a smaller track better. But uh, overall, just a great environment at Huron. Well, a couple of years back, do you guys remember when, when Huron, when Orville Chenoweth decided, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to retire, and if I promote any shows, it'll just be a couple a year, right? And and he did that. So Wissota decided, we're going to move the 100 over to Fergus Falls. It's been there ever since, and I think that's a great facility, centrally located and all of that. Well, this year, or in last year, Orv had a couple shows last year, uh, I think four this year. Well, 
It's the last year, I believe, in the contract for the Wasota 100. So it was time to either award it to somebody else or renew it. And Wasota went ahead. They renewed the contract with I-94. I believe it's going to be there for three more years. Orv Chenoweth is on the warpath. Okay. Ooh. He is way mad. Way mad. Really? Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know the details. I have not personally read the bylaws. But he feels, and he might be right, I don't know this for sure, I'd have to see the, the verbiage, but he feels like there should be a process, or there always has been, where tracks submit a bid to host the Wasota 100, and he's like, I want it back. I want it back. So he's mad he never got a chance to bid it. Okay? Is there a process? Is it in the bylaws? I don't know that for sure. I'd have to see them myself, but he feels like that's the case. Okay? Now, Wasota's like, look, you know, I talked to some different people and it wasn't, I was at Casino, it wasn't Todd. That's not where I got this from, okay? It was other people, but they said, look, Fergus Falls is centrally located. They've been expanding the facility. They have a, they had great racing out there. We're just going to continue to have it there because it's, it's kind of right in the middle, right? When you look at the geographic landscape of Wasota, Orv's not happy with that, right? So the word on the street out there that, that Orv's talking about doing is running a tri-state late model series event for big money. When I say big money, much bigger than what the 100 pays, and that's 10 grand to win, okay? Wow. Against the Wissota 100, right? And he said he will also run the same support classes, mods, super, streets, is that's the word on the street. And if Wissota says, you can't. If you're a Wasota sanctioned track, you can't do that. Well, his his answer to that is like, look, I just won't be Wasota then, and I'll just run non-sanctioned shows. Not a big deal. I'll pay a lot of money. Don't care. So there's some fences to be mended there. That'd be terrible, right? Because you, I mean, the idea behind the 100 is everybody coming together. That would you already have Cedar Lake. They have the legendary. You got the one at Fergus. We do not need another event that weekend. So hopefully. With soda, Orv can mend fences somehow, work out something, get something squared away, because that would be a bad deal for racing. Wow, very interesting. Fans, have you heard anything? Please comment. That's a great, juicy rumor. Anything on that, uh, Bert? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, you're right. That is a big, juicy rumor. And uh, I mean, I agree with Ryan. We don't uh, need another race competing, competing against the Wissota 100. Um, so uh hopefully uh they can work this out all right episode 147 so we go we're going to go to uh, the blast from the past as we always do we're going to kind of talk about some old uh, racers of old maybe even some current racers uh, but of course ryan presented by impact health sharing yeah it's the time of year right it's getting cold which means open enrollment is here if you pay for your own health care if you know people paying for their own if you're a business owner you cover it for your employees if you feel like you're paying too much, right, and you'd like to see if you can cut some costs and increase your profitability, shoot me a text, shoot me a message. I can get you a quick quote, super easy process. I can get you information so you have time to look it over yourself. But I'm talking, you know, $600 on average for, and that's kind of about the number, $600 for a family, a whole family per month for, for a healthcare. And that's a $2,500 combined deductible. So, Huge savings there. Hit me up. I'll get you some info. It's been a great product. So episode 147, 
Do either of you have a 147? Not I do not. I don't either. Bert, let's start with you. Do you have a 47? Uh, well, uh, I thought about this all week, and I was thinking I do not have a, a 47. And then I was driving to work uh, this morning, and it's like I would have been crucified if I would have forgotten this. Uh, but uh, MJ McBride raced the number 47 uh, back in the 1970s when he was uh, following a tour throughout the Midwest where he would race on dirt and asphalt. He raced a yellow uh, Torino with the number 47 on it. Wow. Ford powered off? Ford Torino? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, yeah, you would have been. How, you can't be forgetting an MJ McBride. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when... Uh, uh, I don't know if I think the engine was built by Holman Moody because he had the Holman Moody sticker on his car uh, back then. Okay, super cool, super cool. Puka, only one guy comes to mind another Wisconsin driver, just like MJ McBride, Cadinger Auto Salvage on the side for many years, Bobby Obermuller, somewhere near Cedar Lake ish, I believe, right? Somewhere in that yeah. area. Down in that neighborhood, he ran Cedar, he ran Menominee. Didn't he? go through the wall opening like at the fair races and hit a motorhome in Superior off of turn one? I believe his throttle stuck, and that was him that went uh, – well, that's when the entrance was there. You know, the entrance was – well, yeah, and I believe that was him. Now, also, was he – and please comment if you've got this – mid-90s up in flames at the Silver 1000, the whole car in golf just past the flag stand. He kind of coasted the whole car. I thought it might have been him. I could be incorrect in that, but uh, that's that's the only guy I think of when I think of a 47. Who do you got? That's a great one. I have Bobby Obermuller as well. He was super fun to watch back in the day. Silver car, one of the very few cars stuck out because he always had silver cars, right? Puka, I'm going to give you one more chance. Here. You're getting a freaking donkey award. Someone you in, you're from Chisholm. You're a Chisholm boy. Dude even played hockey. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Drawing a blank <laughs> and Choppy's Pizza doesn't help. His mom worked at Choppy's Pizza forever. Oh, Tommy Siani 47. Jeez. There you go. <laughs> uh, Noodle, I am so sorry. <laughs> Noodle, I'm sorry. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. So, Tommy Siani out will race against him. He was good back in the day in the pure stock class, jumped up in the supers. Fun guy, Tommy's yeah, super cool. fun to be around. Always, he seemed always like he's happy, excited about life. And uh, another guy that wished he was back at the racetrack because he was a great addition. They had a whole core group, and he was kind of the, I would say, the main main cog in that wheel. Right now, another forty-seven I have will stay with the same family. So his dad, Tom Ciani Senior, he had a car with Marty Motherway. My dad actually, I think, might have drove that one time. But there's a story. They were racing haulers from Chisholm to the Hibbing Raceway and blew the tranny out of the hauler on the way to the track. And Always so a I good got, idea. <laughs> yeah, I got a picture of that car here for everybody to see. You know, hopefully my dad can maybe post in the comments or tell. I was I should have maybe got a couple stories about that car from him. Another one I have. Do you remember the Eddie Monster Mobile? That goofy-looking black modified, right? Won the Northern Nationals, might have been his only win at the Superior Speedway. Won a bunch of races in Ashland. You're in Ferguson. Oh, Mel Ferguson. Yes, there you go. That was a unique looking car. I got a picture here for the fans if you're watching online, but 
Mel Ferguson, he was that was I'm I remember that night he won the Northern Nationals. I feel like he won it from pretty deep. I think he did. And he was super fun to watch. Another one, a fan of the show sent us our buddy Dustin Dowdy down there. He sent me one. He goes, Hey, hand lettered race cars, right? John Duffy, super stock guy, uh raced down at Fountain City, Deer Creek, that area. Um, but he had awesome looking hand painted race cars. Even into the era where people were all getting wraps and all that, he stuck with the hand-painted stuff. Pretty sweet-looking rides. And then I got another one. One la- Well, one group of them, right? I'll give you a clue. His, his daughter married Dave Flynn. Uh, Rick Malinkovich. Yeah, super stock? He was a okay. super stock. Yeah. yeah. Hobby stock, pure stock, whatever you call it. Then he was up. He ran supers forever. Yeah, he raced for a long time himself. And then uh, he had drivers such as Al Utenin drove his car. Um, another guy that drove his car, Darren Murado, right? <laughs> and he drove it for a while. Me and Darren might have kind of like not got along very well back in that day. Oil and, and water there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was some interesting <laughs> times when he was in the forty-seven. But Rick Malinkovich. Rick's auto body sold that now to Dave Flynn, which is his son-in-law. But not only did he race for a long time, you know, he's left an imprint because he's helped a lot of people, sponsored a lot of people, passed it on. Dave Flynn, of course, a great racer himself. But, uh, yeah, that's number 47. A lot of good ones. Fans, if you have any 47s or stories about these people, please, please, please post them in the comments because we like to see that. We like to bring up the past and talk about some of the drivers that raced years ago. I like that history stuff. So, so share with us anything that you might have. Yeah, I concur with Ryan. It's great going down memory lane. So please list who you got there. All right. Time to go through our top five moments of the week brought to you by Brad Parsons, egg solutions. Right here. Right. Everybody talks nutrient egg, right. With freaking JD. They, they got enough money. They got enough money. Eggs. I'm right here. Great products. Get a hold of Brad. He's a racer in the area, finally got out on the track. Super cool to get him back out racing. I think he might go this weekend. We'll find out. But if you're a farmer, you know, specifically, right, over in western Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, give him a call. Give him a text. Reach out to us. If you want and you don't have his number, reach out to one of us. We'll get you his number. But he has a lot of great products out there, soil solutions, fertilizers, you name it, stuff you can mix with your current spray packages. The numbers are through the roof. He's getting me some some info here soon to show you how good the numbers are. So that way, if any of you farmers are watching this, right, you can actually see the data and go out and help yourself uh, get your yields better and profitability. So thanks, Brad Parson, for that. But yeah, number five, we're going to talk about a stud that doubled up at the Thunder Bay Truck Center, Dirt Track Nationals, up at the uh, Thunder City Speedway in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, they, they had their end-of-the-year special, so congratulations. Awesome racing surface. The track was incredible. Um, Side-by-side racing, great culture up there. But in the modified division, Tanner Williamson doubled up on the weekend. Now, night number one, I'll be honest, I think he had lucky charms for breakfast. I'm pretty sure. Um, Cause he had a horseshoe stuck all the way up. You know where. Okay. And in the closing laps, he was, they were all kind of right tight after restart. He comes down into three and four and leading it, looped it in front of the entire field Ooh. and piled up. Kreiderman got caught up in that one. Bunch of people got piled up, but right before that happened, 
somebody spun out in one and two. The yellow came out for somebody in one and two. He got his spot back, went on to win the feature. Now, obviously, I guarantee he got some shit about that, right? I, I know how it works. You're going to get some shit about that. So night number two, he put the exclamation point on it, drove from 11 to win the A-Main on night number two. Left no doubt in anybody's mind about that one. So congratulations, Tanner Williamson. Also up there, you remember Kevin? You remember Kevin Monty? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's an old legend, right? He yeah. raced, you yeah. know, for 3D. a long 3D. time. 3D. Yeah. 3D. Yeah. He started eighth. He drove by Chernoski to win the B-Mod feature on night one from the fourth row. Yeah, looking through that. Topazini, uh, like I said, Kreiderman. Monty, you know, there were some names. Yeah, there were some names there. Smart racing, Tom Smart's up there. Oh, Tom Smart's still racing? Tom Smart's racing. Wow, incredible. Okay, yeah, so there's some names. Yeah, night number two, here's how good the racing was. Williamson won from 11th in the mod, and David Simpson, I think he won from, I believe it was 11th in the B mod as well. So tons of passing. Chernoski, of course, won the Supers because that's what he does. But uh, two wins from deep in the field. Um, so great night of race. Great weekend of racing up in Thunder Bay. All right. Number four, girl power. This is invite time, right? This is a time of year where the cream rises to the top, where people, where the money shows are. There's a lot on the line. And we'll start with the Red Cedar Speedway, the Punky. She didn't quite win this year. But Kennedy Swan was one spot away from going back-to-back as Punky Manor Challenge of Champions winner. She got second. But how about Ashley Merworth, track champion over at the Granite City Motor Park, winning night one of the Piston Cup, winning a big invitational on her home turf in September. Congratulations to her. And another gal, guys, that we've been talking about all year long, Maria Brooksick was impressive at the Casino Speedway. Um, she battled. She was in the top three night one. Bad deal. She was battling for second with Dykoff. Got turned around. Caution called on her. Night number one, she says, I wasn't happy with second anyway. Parked that 14 in victory lane. So the gal's uh, doing well this weekend. All right. Number three, we're going to go out to North Dakota to the Jamestown Stampede. Let's talk some late models. Bert, did you watch that one? I did not watch that one. <laughs> the video is right here, right? So Don Shaw stays hot. Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. I'm gonna get in trouble for this. Don's a little feisty. Don, I love you, man. But again, you owe a Christmas card, in my opinion, to the officiating crew at the Jamestown Speedway. It just is what it is. Okay. Um Eric Edwards, a guy that I don't know much about, he looked pretty darn sporty in that 14 late model. He was fast, led early. Shaw got by him. They get into lap traffic. You can make the call, fans. You make the call. The video's right here. Eric Edwards threw a slider on Shaw in lap traffic, and it was close. In my opinion, he cleared him. Shaw checked up, got into his rear bumper, and then literally stopped the car. Stalled or what? I I was wondering what happened. Shut it off. I'm like, what is that? Like, they even said on the thing, well, Shaw broke. He didn't break. He just stopped, right? He didn't, like, get shoved off the track or spun. He just stopped. Caution comes out. Shaw gets the lead back. They put Edwards to the back. I'm like, yeah, not sure I agree with that call. It is what it is. Shaw, he's had a really good postseason here. Don Shaw, winner at the 51st annual Jamestown Stock Car Stampede. 
314 cars out there. Puka, you should have been there. <laughs> All right. There's a little town in northern Minnesota up in the area, Chisholm, Minnesota. There's a guy who put Chisholm, Minnesota on the map, and his name is Ryan Aho because he traveled all over, won races, won national titles, so everyone knows where Chisholm, Minnesota is now. And uh, the Chisholm boys are rocking this weekend, Ryan. Yeah, not from Chisholm, Minnesota. These boys <laughs> are from Osage, Iowa. They've been rocking all year. And and I'll be honest with you, I I really don't watch a lot of USRA stuff. I really don't. Great racing, but I already watch a ton of it, right? I just don't have, there's only so much time in a day. Well, it was brought to my attention. I need to start watching these two. So Jim Chisholm and Joe Chisholm, guys, have been unbelievable, okay? So let me give you a couple tidbits here. Jim Chisholm, right now, 19 years old. He won. Oh, wow. Okay. Fight number three of the fall jamboree at Deer Creek, 12,000 to win. He's got nine wins on the year, three USMTS wins as a 19-year-old rookie. That's impressive. That's good stuff. Also, the 2020 and 2021 USRA BMON national champion. So he did that at 17 and 18 years old, right? Very impressive. Joe Chisholm, 16 years old. Okay, his younger brother, he swept the whole weekend. He won all three nights in the B-Mod class at the Fall Jamboree. Now, I believe, I think Jim did that a couple of years ago also, okay? But here's the deal, 16 years old. Now, did you see the car counts for the B-Mods? 78, 74, and 75. <laughs> to win all three nights with that car count, that's dang impressive, especially as a 16-year-old. But I don't care if you're 36. That's getting her done, right? And then he's got 18 wins on the year and keeping it in the family. USRA BMOD National Point Leader. It looks like there's going to be a household full of BMOD National Championships from USRA. Keep an eye on them, too. I'm telling you, they are the next big thing in modified racing. They're making their mark down in. They race a lot at Deer Creek and Mississippi Thunder. Those two are going to make some big, big noise over the next couple of years in, in open wheel racing. Sounds like it. Congratulations to the Chisholm boys. All right. Number one, we're going down to the Red Cedar Speedway to the Punky Manor Challenge Champions. My favorite driver, Bert, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. It's not, a, we're not talking late models at the Punky. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I saw it. I saw it. You're, you're going to talk about the, the best damn modified driver in the area. That's right. The best damn modified driver in the area. Just he ask him. He's not lying. I'm telling you what. The human highlight reel, Kevin Buzzy Adams. He races like four times a year. He's like on the retirement circuit. Comes from the fourth row and just drives by them all up on the cushion like Buzzy Adams does, right? Then he gets down in victory lane and he's like, I think AJ and Jimmy are pissed at me because I don't race. And I just, I kind of had to come back out and prove that I'm the best mod driver in the area. It just is what it is. I'm like, bold, not wrong, not wrong. It was impressive because it was a day race. You don't win, you don't win invitationals from the fourth, fifth row on a day race. That don't happen. Well, especially when the race before the late models looked like the track had rubbered up a little bit and nobody wanted to venture off the bottom late in the race so uh we're gonna talk more about that in just a moment but you're exactly right Bert. i mean and he even said it in victory lane he goes man am i glad you kind of did a little bit with the track because i would have pulled off on like lap five you know because it was 
I mean, it was trained up after the late models. We're going to touch on that in a minute, but Buzzy. So fans out there, I want you to screen video this and you send this to Buzzy Adams, okay? This is my plea. This is my plea to Buzzy Adams, okay? Do this for, for us, the race fans, okay? Now, let's face it. He's got nothing to prove. He's won in everything, right? Streets, Midwest mods, supers, mods, late models, you name it. He's won. He's got national championships. He's done it all, right? But let's be honest. When he's putting his kid, his kid's, I believe, going to be in a B-mod next year. I'm not 100% positive, but it sounds like it. Now, here's the deal. Once his kid starts racing full force, Buzzy's going to ride off into the sunset. He's going to be crew chief role. His, his racing career is done, okay? I want one more year. One. It's all I want out of you. One more year where Buzzy Adams goes after a national championship. I want to see Buzzy Adams, Johnny Broking, Tyler Peterson, Mike Anderson, Shane Sabraski, Belfi, Ames, Stearns. I want to Aishans. I want to see these top guys going after a national championship one more time. But most importantly, I want that 40 ride to go head to head with TPO because they kind of drive alike. They're fun to watch. And I want to see him right off into the sunset, a national championship um, contender. I think he could get it done. Buzzy, one more year. Give us one more. It's all I want. One more. And then you can go help your kid do exactly the same thing. It's all I'm asking. I agree. And part of that deal is you have to come to Grand Rapids every Thursday night, Buzzy. That's part of the deal, just like you're used to. That's awesome. All right. Well, if you're responsible, if you do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up, everybody. If you For Buzzy, thumbs up to the show. We'd appreciate a like. Uh, at this time. All right. So the hot takes section, we're going to move on to uh, brought to you by buyrayshirts.com. So I was just looking at the calendar. So for those of you that are shoppers, less than 90 days now until Christmas, as a matter of fact, where I'm sitting 29 degrees tonight, it's starting to feel a lot like fall. So buyrayshirts.com, that's where you can go as a racer, get your gear, get your merch, get everything ready for your fans. Christmas is coming. They're going to want to shop and you're going to want them to show off your gear at Christmas and after Christmas for the Super Bowl party that's coming up in 2023. Packers in it, Vikings in it. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> about that later. Anyway, um, so anyway, buyrayshirts.com. That's where you go. Large quantities, small quantities. They get all the designing done for you. And like I said, get your merch ready for Christmas. All right, Ryan. So you got some uh, some news. Uh, was Oda 100 related? So, so a lot of people were venting. Right about oh man the officiating at the 100 and that call that deal with Vogel and this and that and the other right. Well, when you're driving truck, you got all kinds of time to be on the phone talking to people, right? So I had an opportunity to speak with the head of head of officiating for the crew for the Wasota 100, and he's like, you can give me the donkey awards because like I I missed a couple things. It is what it is. Just throw them on my shoulders. I'll take it. We don't need to do that, right? We don't need to do that. We talked about that last week. But what we did talk about is there's a lot of times missed calls. A lot of times there's blowing calls. A lot of times there's there's different vantage points, right? So one thing is, let me ask you this. When the, when the world of outlaws come in with their officiating crew, right, and they come in with their announcer, should the track officials and announcer and stuff be like, well, this is my track. Like I, it's I'm doing it. No, no. They they have their own, right? It just is what it is. So, I think that they gotta. There's too many people that think they're in charge sometimes, and you're trying not to hurt feelings, right? 
one person needs to be in charge. It does not need, and I have nothing against the, the officiating crew from Fergus, right? But what they need to do is have one person in charge. And if that person, you know, if, if other people are like feeling slighted, they're not the person for the job. Okay. That's the most important thing. You got to have somebody in charge, run the show. That's it. The other thing we talked about, we've talked about this guys multiple times and I talked about it with him. So when you're on, especially a small track, but even a medium sized track, when you're down in the infield watching racing and you're trying to watch the calls, things happen so fast. I mean, I mean, I've, there's times that we've all sat up top and we're watching it. And we're like, I think I saw it this way. And then you watch the replay and you're like, wow, I missed that. Well, it's way easier to miss it from the infield. At the 100 and at other events, I'm a firm believer there's got to be a head judge. And, and he agreed. There has to be somebody sitting up there that has a better vantage point that can see these, right? There was multiple calls that he talked about. One of them was with Dave Moss. Dave Moss flat out got dumped in the Superstock. And here's the deal. The guy that spun him out went on to win night number one. Did he do it on purpose? No, probably not. It was a racing deal, but he definitely did it. Moss was off the track. This guy won. It was just a bad deal. I mean, calls get missed. But if we know that calls get missed, why not put our officials in the best position to win? Give them the best vantage point. Put them up top where they can see with a better perspective, right? They always say, um, eagle eyesight, eagle eyes, because an eagle's looking down, they can see everything, right? It's the same thing here. Get them up, get them outside the track where they can see. The other thing is they're talking about going to instant replay, okay? Now, not every night and not for every call, but at an event like this or World of Outlaws or anything on Flow where they have multiple camera angles, I want your guys' thoughts, as long as they can do this in a speedy fashion, right why not have an, a head official sitting right next to the person that has the the computer with all the different camera angles on it and say okay get me that angle there and let's go back and take a look at that to make sure we got it right almost like an instant replay in the nfl what is your thoughts on that would you rather get it right or speed up the program a little bit and miss calls what would you guys rather say well, I mean, I always want want to get the call right, but I'm, I mean, we've talked about this in, on the show before, and I said I was against instant replay, and I, I'm still against it, just from the fact that you're not going to have a camera on every car, so it's kind of unfair if, you know, a car is involved in an incident, but the camera wasn't on that car. But then a different incident, the camera's on a car, on that car, so then a call gets reversed. So uh, to me, it, it's it's not fair unless you have a camera on every single car. So I think on a regular night where they have one camera angle, that's probably true, right? But on a big event, right, where they have multiple cam multiple camera angles, why not have them up in a big vantage point, easy to do at Fergus, have one facing this half the track, have one facing that half the track, and go that road with it. Well, it's it's just it's the matter of the time for me. You know, it's 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 got to be done in a timely fashion. I mean, I know they had the rain delays and stuff, but what were they racing until three, four in the morning? Like I said, you even got tired, Ryan, in your night owl. You know, um, you know, and 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 you know, the NFL found that 
you know, for a while too, that was a problem. So then they said, well, you know, you want to do this review and you're going to, you know, you're going to lose a timeout. So it's like, do you review every call? Because, you know, it all of a sudden it makes the judges job easy in the sense that I don't know, review it, you know, it takes the pressure off them, but then you're reviewing every call. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's a slippery slope. I'd have to think a little bit more about it. What do you, yeah, think? you're right. I, it would have to be speedy. Most of the time, though, right? Uh, not most of the time, but there's a lot of times where the incident happens and the cars are all wadded up, right? So they have plenty of time to look at it in certain scenarios. Um, sometimes they spin them out to get right back to green. That one's a little tougher, but I hear what you're saying. Okay, I, I'm kind of being funny on this, uh, but there's also not. Um, are you gonna Are you gonna give all the drivers a red flag that they can throw out their window if they want a call reviewed? Well, let's just put it this way: I've seen a lot of shit fly out windows. Maybe not a red flag when the call goes against them. So why not? Interesting. Well, how about uh, you know? You know what, you're talking about that head judge type thing. You know, Terry Volk, you know, involved in Aberdeen, wasn't he kind of the head judge? I mean, he he seems like he'd be the perfect guy to be up there because he doesn't take a lot of gruff. He's, he's, I think he was kind of the head judge in Aberdeen, wasn't he, for all those years he was promoting? I don't think he was the head judge, but I think he probably made a few calls and probably maybe shouldn't have been. But, um, no, Terry Volt is not the right person for that. Not the right Well, just because of your problems with him? <laughs> yeah, among maybe. other yeah, I, I think there might be some late model guys and all that going. Oh, he's a head judge. Yeah, no, I'm not. Gonna. I think I think he's there's there's a, getting to be a longer and longer list. So okay. probably not the guy. <laughs> all right, we're ready to move on. Yep. All right, we're gonna move on here uh, <laughs> to kind of our recap of the weekend here. Uh, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Line Brews. Like I said, the nights are getting cold. The days are even cold. So you're gonna want some hot coffee. So here it is, Blue Line Brews, 10% of profits go back to families of fallen officers, injured officers. So here's the coffee. we got three different blends. Uh, you got the Detective Special, Justice, and the Stakeout, uh, Light, Dark, and Darker. We also have the K-Cups here with the little puppy dog. Where's my little K-Cup here? So there it is. So bluelinebrews.com, save 15 is the promo code. Save 15% on your order. There's also, you know, like I said, kind of keep an eye on this label. Uh, Northern Wisconsin, the Twin Ports, Blue Superior, the Iron Range, over in the Bemidji area, you can find it on shelves of some store. So bluelinebrews.com to save 50% or keep your eye out at a store near you. All right, let's kick it off. Thursday night, the Dwayne Mater Memorial. Did either of you watch any of the Wasoda stuff? I watched, I watched the Mater. I watched the late model the feature. I mean, let's just say it. It is what it is. Can the Iceman Jimmy Mars be beat at a Mater Memorial if it's held at the Red Cedar Speedway? So far, the answer is no. <laughs> what is he? Six? Is it six for six or seven for seven? I think it was six. Five. Is it six? I thought it I was six. It's... I thought it was six. Okay. And I think Buzzy, this... I Buzzy... Who won the one in Rice Lake? Buzzy. Buzzy, Buzzy. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Buzzy got her done. So, yeah, Jimmy Mars, unbelievable. He was dominant at that. Jake Hartung, another guy similar to Buzzy, races five times a year, right? Him and Buzzy were throwing haymakers at each other at the beginning of that mod feature. And then Henzy got in the mix. Buzzy slipped a third. He's like, I was a little rusty. Got third. Terrible. Probably should quit. Um, but Jake Hartung parked in victory lane. That's a pair of wins for him down there. 
Terran Space Act, a little redemption from the week before, um, winning night number one, which would have been the Mater Memorial. So congrats to him. Let's move on. Anything else on the Mater? No, I mean, it, it was a good good to see uh, Chad Mater have a good run. I, I believe he was in the top three, right? He was on the yeah, podium, was, wasn't he? Podium. Yeah, that, that was very good. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it, it looked like... It looked like he had a little bit of a retro uh, graphic scheme on his car. <laughs> a little, little Dwayne Mater throwback on there. So, and then, and let's face it, Dwayne Mater throwback car got to visit Victory Lane. He visited it there on the podium, but he parked it in Victory Lane. He won the won the Punky Manor Challenge of Champion. So yeah, it was a great weekend for Chad Mater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that, yeah, let's stay there. Let's stay at Red Cedar for the Punky Manor. So it's, it's the rain Saturday. So we had to get into Sunday, like we the aforementioned, we were talking about Buzzy, but some day racing. But, um, yeah, so let, let's cover them, Ryan. Yeah, Tommy Richards held off Terrence Spacek. Spacek was looking to double up on the weekend, but Tommy Richards came out late in the year. He's won a lot of races in his career. Congratulations to him. Jay Richardson, part owner of SSR Race Cars, he actually won the Midwest Mods. Probably not a fan favorite, because let's face it, we all want Kennedy Swan to win, not Jay Richardson, but, hey, Congrats to Jay Richardson, Andrew Hansen in the streets. A couple things that stuck out to me, though. Brandon Doolman in that dirt dueler, impressive. He started 11th, I think, and got third, I think is what it was. But it wasn't that. He, he got called on a caution early in that race, had to go all the way to the back, charged from 23rd to the podium. That dirt dueler on that slick, shined up, momentum-type stuff, Really good hot rod. So great week, great night there for Brandon Dolman. And then how about the Hermantown Hammer? He's good. Terry seconds. He (laughs) led a chunk of the pod race, and Buzzy went scotching by him on the high side. He kind of got to him at the end, and then he followed Chad Mater. They found the rubber earlier than everybody else in the late model, but Daryl Nelson, you know, continuing to be impressive during invite time with a pair of seconds. So, you know, I will say this day racing right but there was passing yeah you know mater started what fifth maybe you know and he drove by demo he drove by there or drove i think daryl started behind him but buzzy started eighth so there was a little bit of passing so four day racing it wasn't horrible yeah i mean whenever we went race at the punky i always hated it when it rained and we had to race on sunday afternoon because i hate day racing uh, but yeah, I mean, every feature there was passing in multiple lanes. Uh, in like you said, in the late model feature, towards the end it was more of a train on the bottom. Uh, but actually, AJ did try to make it work up top late, and he he did gain some ground, but uh, he would jump the cushion a little bit because it was a little bit tr- a little treacherous. Um, right. But getting back, well. Speaking of Kennedy Swan, uh, the door was open for her to win that race, but she just couldn't quite close the deal uh, on the last lap. And um, in the Superstock feature, uh, who who wanted to get Richards? Yep. And uh, it was almost heartbreak for him, though, because he was leading early in the race, and there was a car that was pulling into the infield pit area, and he got caught behind that car, and then the 22 car got by him and actually took a little bit of a sizable lead but he was able to run him back down and take the win so he turned heartbreak into celebration yeah good catch there bird i forgot about that so yeah great comeback there great rebound for tommy richards on that 
All right, the Autumn Classic. I did watch uh, uh, some of that, Ryan. Uh, on the mic, nice work. Good job. Thanks. It was a hell of a lot of fun. I want to thank Todd and Vicky Good for having me out there. Third straight year I got to announce out at the Casino Speedway. We talk about that place a lot. I love that place. You know, just an awesome little bull ring. But along with the Granite City Motor Park, so you said you want to own a racetrack, huh? They had to fight through some shit, right? Let's just be honest. I mean, they got some rain. Granite City, or I'll go back to them in a minute. Casino was just about ready to go racing on Friday night. Looked like everything kind of was passed, and also out of nowhere, here comes a, a rainstorm downpour on the track, maybe for an hour. They packed on 9.30. They tried their tails off to get that in. It just was not going to happen. They worked on the track the whole next day to try to get it smooth. Had a couple holes in it, but with all that rain, what do you expect? But uh, unbelievable the work that they had to put on there and at Granite to even have races this weekend. So hats off to them. Um, the other thing is, you know, just to recap on the late models, I mean, a little bit of a battle royale night one. I mean, they were all getting a piece of each other, a lot of DNFs. But Chad Becker, the hot shoe, winning both nights of the Autumn Classic, and he's done for the year. That puts the exclamation point on his season. He will be the 2022 Wasona Late Model National Champion. Congrats to him. In the Modifieds, Ty Tyler Peterson put on a clinic on night one. It was fun to watch, fun to announce, fun to be there for that. Mike Stearns is a good race car driver. He was in the hunt. Peterson, guys, put it, give him an education. He ducked underneath him a couple times, moved Stearns down, and then he went right by him like he was parked on the high side like he always does. I'm like, this almost ain't even fair. I mean, it was super fun to watch. Night number two, day number two, they had day races, so it was kind of, it was, it locked down. But Joseph Thomas ran a really good race. Lee Gross almost found he found the rubber before Joseph got next to him. Contact was made. He went around ending his night. Lee Gross probably should have won that race. But a great run for Joseph Thomas. Midwest Mods, Mikey Nichols. We talk about him all the time. You know, very talented race car driver. I would love to see. And, and they said, no, we're not interested. We're not going to do it. But I would love to see him chase after a Wasota, uh, Midwest Mod national title because he's good enough to be in the conversation for sure. Put on a hell of a show night one. Scott Hansen, who got a car from the Liker boys, he got one of them Fab 18 cars. He picked up, I think, his sixth or seventh win on the year, something like that, getting another win on night number two. And then Street Stock, Kyle Dykoff, he put the exclamation point on his championship season night one. Little bit of drama because him and Vogel, great race. This is one that could have almost been a top five moment. Him and Vogel were trading sliders there in the closing laps. I mean, it was an awesome race up front. Vogel got ahead of him, and Dykoff kind of missed his mark. And Brooksick got inside of him. They get together getting into turn one. Caution comes out, Brooksick to the back. When that came out, Dykoff got the lead back because they had to go back a lot. If that don't happen, Vogel wins. He gets his lap back. He wins. And uh, just, uh, you know, Justin Vogel, he went down to victory lane with them guys because they're buddies. They race together, you know, and and he congratulated them. Kyle Dykoff, very emotional, 100th career feature win in an outstanding season, winning the Wasota Speedstock national title. And then night number two, we talked about Brooksick winning that one. And then uh, it was just great all around, you know, just a great atmosphere, you know, great people out there. Great to see, you know, 
Jay Smith. I talked to Jay from Real Estate by Jay Smith. I talked to Trevor, of course, from Dirt Track Supply. Just great being out there. Thanks again, Todd and Vicky, for having me. All right. Move over to uh, St. Cloud to the uh, Granite City, the Piston Cup. Yeah, they dealt with rain night one as well. And then on Saturday when they went to race, it rained like right before race time on Saturday. Or I think, yeah, Friday they rained out. It was. And yeah. Saturday, yeah, Friday rained out. Saturday they had rain right before, and they worked their tails off. So Friday night they were doing everything they could. To, they had to actually scrape a whole bunch of clay off that. And and I've given James Prantina some shit in the past, right? It just is what it is. But I'm going to give him a tip of the cap because he went out of his way night one. They're all working on the track trying to get this thing race ready. And he went and bought like 60 steaks, and he's grilling for everybody that's helping oh, really? out. <laughs> yeah, here's steaks back there cooking for everybody. You don't see a lot of track promoters doing that, right? That was pretty cool. Free breakfast, you know, for everybody there, you know, both days. You know, so, you know, I talked to a lot of people. They said, you know – that's the side of James a lot of people don't hear about. He went above and beyond, and the way that he treated people as hard as he worked, you know, to get that deal off. That's a pretty cool deal at Granite. And uh, late models, night one, Cole Searing. Night two, Dave Moss. A little bit of a shout-out to Rob Cahoe. Remember Rob Cahoe yeah. Sr.? Yeah. His kid, Rob Cahoe Jr., usually runs sprint cars. Yeah. He hopped in a late model, finished third on night number two. Yeah. You know, so cool to get behind the wheel first time in the late model, be on the podium. Modified, Sabraski, and Aishans won. Superstocks, Sabraski, not night two. My buddy Jordan Hankemeyer parking in Victory Lane. So pretty cool to see Jordo get her done. Midwest Mods, we talked about Ashley. But a guy from north of the border, one of the few northern guys to actually travel this weekend, Wyatt Boyum won some pretty big races. Great to see that. Ty Agan, uh, I think he's 17 years old. He won night one. Colton Brower, so a couple of youngsters winning in the street stocks. But uh, pretty good racing, actually, over there. Day racing sucks. It just does. So night number two wasn't great, but the track was super fast on night one, and they worked their tails off to get that one in. So, again, tip of the cap to Trantina and the crew at the Granite City Motor Park. All right. Do you want to touch some more on Thunder City Speedway? Uh, you know, yeah, we already kind of touched on that. You know, we touched on the winners, Kevin Montes. Like, I like seeing some of them old dogs come back behind the wheel. I feel like a quitter. Joel Kreiderman with a second-place finish on night two. Chernowski doing what he does in the Super winning. But uh, really, really good racing. The, if you want to jump on to Dirt Race Central, they have the replay of that event. Of course, official streaming platform of Wasota Racing. They do a great job of their beautiful facility. Yeah. Great facility. Rick Simpson, a guy that I raced against in the Super, he's a general manager of the place and uh, doing a great job. They had some challenges with the track early in the year, but as it progressed, I was pretty impressed with the racing up there this weekend. All right. How about the uh, – let's go on to the Chicken Shack. Paul Bunyan Stampede, Bemidji, Minnesota. Modified, you know, you go there for the chicken, you stay, stay for the race. That's right. what you do. But the modified race was – you know, if I said Johnny Broking started on the pole and won, you'd be like, well, yeah, Johnny Broking started on the pole. He got the lead right away. He drove off into the sunset. It was over. That's not what happened. He started pole. John Farrington drove by him like his shit was broke on the start. They they missed to the top side of the track. There was a little traction up there. He found the brown, gone. Johnny, you know, within a couple laps got to him. Then they Then they traded sliders. I'm like, Boy, this John Farrington cap is actually pretty sporty here. They kind of traded sliders there a little bit. 
once Johnny got into a rhythm, he drove off and, and, and crushed him. But it was actually a pretty entertaining mod race, especially the first half of that. And I want to give a huge congratulations. Garrett Maserka, first career feature win in a super stock over at the, at the uh, I think it was a 41st annual Paul Bunyan Stampede in Bemidji. Congratulations. That first win is always a big one. This time of the year, super cool getting it done at invite time. All right, let's go back over to the national scene here. The Wu Sprints taking on Eldora. Uh, I think, uh, well, they had a couple nights of racing, but I think Brad Sweet's off to, and this is kind of amazing, fourth title in a row. Has it really been that long since Shots won a title? I mean, it's kind of surprising to me, but fourth title in a row. But let's go back to Eldora. What would you guys think? It, it was okay. I mean, I didn't I didn't really see anything that stuck out to me too much on the sprint car stuff. I mean, Bert? I actually didn't uh, watch any of the sprint car stuff, but uh, talking about Sweet winning that, you know, on his way to winning the title, um, it's kind of amazing because, you know, every week when we talk about the sprints, you know, we don't talk about Brad Sweet and Victory Lane a lot, but he's on top of the point standings. He's He's consistently, you know, in the top five, and that's what it takes uh, to win championships. He won at Eldora, right? Yes, he did win one of those races. Yeah. Yeah. Who won? Who won the other one? Do you have that in front of you? I can look it up here. That was at so, Sharon. Yeah, the one was at Sharon. One was at Eldora, and he did win one. And and it was one of those things where he's always in the. He won them both. Well, he won in Sharon. Let me make sure he won Eldora. Let me go back here. I, maybe he swept the weekend. He might have. There's just so much racing going on. It's just hard to keep track. Oh, no. Rico won. Rico won Eldora. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, right. Right. that's right. How can that's we forget right. that? That's right. But yeah. it seems like so long ago. That was Friday. There's been like 15,000 races since Friday. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was good. What I'm excited about with sprint car racing, right, is what's coming up this week. Another one of those epic battles, Pennsylvania Posse versus the World of Outlaws. That I that I love that. That's a showdown. World of Outlaws. I mean, the racing's been pretty good, but when you get up there, it's extra special. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. How about the Wu Lates? Anything stick out there? I know uh, one race was kind of special. Well, why don't you guys just touch on what happened in the Wu Lates and what happened in the Lucas Oil Lates, and then I have a comment in regards to that. Okay. So the World of Outlaws. What did you, did you catch any of that, Bert? I just caught the highlight of the of uh, Dustin making the pass for the win in that one race. Yeah, he almost leaned on McDowell. I don't know if there was actually contact at, at Boyd. You know, they're at Boyd for two nights, but uh, got in there. I don't think he quite leaned on him, but uh, a last lap into one and two charge uh, by Gustin to get it done. And they were actually smiling in victory lane, kind of high-fiving, so I don't think that was too big of a deal. Uh, uh, well, and actually, Gustin said in Victory Lane that, you know, uh, you know, McDowell was one of his racing idols growing up and he remembers watching him when he was a kid. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything um, intentional to I mean, he threaded the needle to get it in there. And, yeah, I don't think they actually touched, um, you know, maybe McDowell could have pushed the issue a little if you wanted to. But I think he's he's a. Uh, He's raced enough races. It's not worth, uh, you know, bending equipment and fixing equipment later on. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was uh, uh, decent racing. And then let's move up to the Lucas at Brownstown. Uh, you know, they rained out Friday night, had to do double features there on Saturday. T-Mac got the main event done 
on Saturday night. So extending his points lead, actually Shepard had some problems, although Shepard was sent to the back. I think he ended up with about a top top five run. Um, he really sliced and diced through the field. Uh, but, you know, a pretty happy T-Mac in victory lane. And like he said, he said, oh, I've, I've been in these situations before. You know, I'd like to like to think that, you know, we've got enough space between me and, and Bishop now, but he said, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. Yeah. And Hudson O'Neill, of course, won the, the night before the Jackson and then uh, Jimmy Owens, another win, yeah. right? And he yeah. parked in victory lane night number one down at Boyd, but let's just be completely honest. And, and I know you guys are late model guys, Bert, you're more of an overall fan than Puka. Puka's like, I always like that. Right? <laughs> I love you, Puka, but I think you're cousins with Troy Powers. Okay. So <laughs> with that said, it's just not entertaining, right? I mean, we it's not just me talking about it. You hear actual late model guys on the national scene talking about it, right? You hear you hear Overton talking about it and T Mac talking about it. They're like, the racing sucks, right? It's just not good. Even at casino, the late model racing was kind of awful, right? The street stock racing, B mod racing, and A mod racing was a hundred times better. Even the Hornet racing was more exciting to watch. The late models, they're the top class. I, you know, it's one of those deals where you people hear me talk all the time. It's like, you got to water the track. You need moisture in it. We need a little character. We need a cushion. Remember Bobby Pierce at Davenport when he said, this ain't freaking IMCA modifies. We need a cushion to make these things good. Right? <laughs> he said that. And I thought at first it was a slight at IMCA modifies. But if you think about it, when the track is slick bottom to top, modifieds can still move around the track and race. Late models cannot. So if they have a cushion, you can at least chuck sliders. You can do stuff. So he was exactly spot on. Like, we need to have some character on the track. Otherwise, like, it's not even entertaining. I've had drivers reach out to me when I said, we need to get the track with some character mudded up a little bit early to get some good racing. And they're like, well, you know what these things cost. I mean, we can't do that. That'll tear shit up. Yeah, you're right. I get it. I believe I, I agree. That is true. That is a true statement. I get it, right? But would you rather do that and have entertaining racing, or would you rather have the same awful product that we've been getting? And pretty soon fans are like, I ain't going to the freaking late model racing, and nobody gonna pass anybody anyway. The racing sucks. I'll go watch something else. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. And it's not entertaining. The product is terrible. And and I would love to see some changes made. I don't know what all them changes need to be. I know part of it needs to be with arrow. Even on with soda late models, there's too much arrow stuff involved with late models, especially on bigger tracks. So do some stuff to get rid of that arrow advantage, maybe the tires, maybe something on the suspension. I don't know. But right now, late model racing, if I had to rank it with all the other classes, it's on the bottom of the list. It's just not been a good product. What is your guys' thoughts? Well, I mean, just just to touch base with some things that you mentioned. You mentioned that, you know, with the late models, they need to track with character. Uh, but with a modified, they can drive all over the place. And I, I think the Punky Manor was a prime example of that. Um, at the end of the late model race, everybody was, it was a train on the bottom. I mean, some drivers did try to make the cushion work, the little bit of a cushion that there was. Uh, but as I was watching that race, I was thinking to myself, you know, t thinking 
Chad, just stay on the bottom. If you're going to get past, make them pass you on the outside. Uh, but then the modifieds came out after the late models and they were able to drive all over the track. Buzzy was working the cushion. Uh, Nelson was in the middle. And, uh, you know, I've noticed that at Shano Speedway too, you know, the late models, um, you know, it's a train on the bottom, the mods come out and those are IMC mods in Shano and they can race top to bottom on a, on a slick track like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if a track doesn't have... I mean, definitely the most exciting late model racing is a track with a cushion. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I've really learned to love the bull rings in Illinois because they always have a cushion. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I just, you know, I just go back to memory lane a little bit, just, you know, like Cedar Lake back in the nineties, you know, there were many nights where there was someone on the bottom and someone on the top and they were, it was like this every, you know, every lap was just somebody just a little bit more, a little bit. And, and now that you bring this up, it, it has been some time, you know, since I've, I've kind of seen that. So I don't know enough about the rules, uh, but I do think, well, like I said, the racers are telling you something needs to change. And I remember those years, and you guys probably remember that late 90s when that's what you started hearing about NASCAR, Aero, and, and you know, and I have an Aero push or or a clean air, you know, that was a term. And, and you know, the Aero push and all that, you know, the, you know so... I hope we're not headed in that direction because we saw what happened to NASCAR <laughs> over the last, you know, go back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and kind of look at NASCAR go this way. Uh, so, like I said, I don't know what, what needs to change, but I would say I'm in the camp that I would prefer some sort of change. And, like, I mean, back in the early 90s when I first got involved uh, in late model racing, you know, I remember the decks were straight you know, from the front of the car, they, and then they were straight all the way to the spoiler, where now the decks, they're sunk, and, um, you know, I don't know how much of an influence that has on uh, uh, arrow and that sort of thing, but uh, if the decks are sunk, I'm assuming that it's good for the drivers, because they wouldn't be sunk otherwise. Yeah, there's there's a lot there, and, you know, and you think about old Labor Day shootouts, Puka, right, where Late models just go-karting around the bottom, and next thing you know, here comes the modifieds after that. They're all over the racetrack. So, I mean, we love late model racing. We love all sorts of racing, but the product just is not good right now. Changes need to be made. Hopefully, that's sooner rather than later. Bring back the wedges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little <laughs> fit on the, on the front. All right. Let, let's finish up this uh, section with the fall jamboree, right? Yeah, we talked about the Chisholm boys. That was really the story of the whole event. And and uh, night number one, I believe it was Lucas Schott, I think, won night number one. And, boy, I don't remember who won night number two. Jake O'Neill won one night, did I hear? Did he win one? Yeah, look at, take, take a peek at it really quick. Dear, no, O'Neill didn't win one. So Sorensen is dang near has it locked up, right, with the national championship for – for uh, USMTS, pretty big payday. Next week on the show, right, because there's not as much racing to talk about, we're going to talk about the dollar value these drivers are getting. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. But some of these series, you don't really have to race that many shows. to be, I think it's 100000 I believe it is, to win the USMTS. It's going to be a big deal for Dustin Sorensen. So night number one, I believe, was Lucas shot. Night yeah. number two. And then uh, Carl, uh, Carlson, Caden or Carter, Carter, Caden Carter, yeah, Caden Carter. second. 
Yeah, Sorensen yeah. third, Sanders fourth. And yeah. then but the Chisholm boys really, honestly, are they're special. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know them. I think they're in Skyrocket chassis, which is Kelly Triock. So you don't really hear much about Skyrockets. I could, you know, post if I'm wrong on that. But those two are really the story of Deer Creek. And they just do a great job down there. The Queensland's family, um, they've been around racing. You know, their track's for sale. I hope they don't sell it, right? Because <laughs> great job running that place. And uh, hopefully it's here for years to come. But, but that event has become one of the biggest events in the whole country for modified racing. So, so hats off to the crew down at the Deer Creek Speedway. All right, good stuff right there. Pump the like button, hit the thumbs up button. We'd appreciate that. Time to move on to who's hot, who's not. Bert, you want to start us off? Who's hot? Um, sure. Um, uh, I will go with uh Chad Mater, uh podium finish in the Mater Memorial and winning the Funky Manor. Uh, so it was a, a good weekend for, for him this past weekend. Right. You want me to go? I'll go with Don Shaw. He said uh you know, the win wins the sites a couple weeks ago in Grand Forks, second place at the 100 last week, and then the win out of Jamestown this weekend. Who you got? I also had him down in the notes. Where he won the NLRA race with the World of Outlaw Sprints the week before. At in Fargo. Fargo, and he got yeah. second prelude to the Johnny. So Don Shaw has had an excellent postseason. There's yeah. no question about that. But Daryl Nelson, the Hermantown Hammer, Every single weekend, he's either been first or second, right? He got two seconds this weekend. He got a first and a second at the legendary. He won Labor Day shootout. He won a night at the Northern Nationals. I mean, throughout September, Daryl Nelson has been in the conversation every single night with both cars. So I'm going to go with the Hermantown Hammer. All right. Who's not? Um, I'm going to go with Pat Doerr, just from the standpoint that uh, it's invitational season, and this is usually when he shines, and you see him battling for wins, and uh, just, uh, you know, this past weekend, I mean, in the Mater race, I think he was up to seventh, but I mean, uh, invitational time, you expect more than a seventh out of, out of Doerr. That's who I had too. I was same thing. You know, normally doors bag to win by now. So we've got Ashland coming up this weekend. He'll probably be at Ogilvy for one of those shows. Uh, maybe Mississippi Thunder. Maybe he'll venture down there for that. Uh, well, no, that's a, that's is that this weekend or is that the next oh, week? That's about three weeks away. Or oh, okay. So middle. That's okay. the twenty second or something. Oh, geez, I thought it was the first. Okay. So, yeah. but yeah, I had Pat Dordon too because, like I said, normally he's bagged an invitational win by now. Ryan, who you got? Uh, he won one night of Labor Day, right? That's true. That was so, a month ago. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's true. That's, I already forgot. I got too many Labor Days in my memory bank. You know, I had a couple guys down. I mean, it's not like they've been terrible, right? But just not what you expect. I mean, Ashley Anderson, Jesse Radetzky. I, I mean, they're running okay, but I expect first second with those guys and it's not quite been there but the guy i'm gonna go with is tyler herb okay it seems like just yesterday um when brandon shepherd was leading the world of outlaw points right and leading and and leading lucas and it seems like just yesterday where he's or i think he was second when he switched i think or dennis herb jr might have passed him but he was leading lucas and, and we're all thinking at least i was that Okay, so Tyler Herb's second. At that time, he was just a few points ahead of T-Mac, right? 
And I'm like, okay, well, Shepard's obviously going to go race World of Outlaw now, right? So could Tyler Herb win the championship? I mean, there was a point this season a few months ago where he was in the conversation. He was like first or second in win counts, right? I mean, he had, he had a great start to the year and literally ice cold. He has been awful. I mean, I think he only has two podiums maybe since the beginning of August. I mean, he has just not been competitive. I don't understand what changed there because he was so good early and he's been absolutely just terrible the second half of the year. Yeah, he did podium. He got third on, on Saturday night, but I agree with you. He's, you know, he is, I think we talked about, alluded to this a little bit last week where RTJ seems to be going in this direction and Urban Bronson seems to be going a little bit more in this direction. And the thing is, it's not like that team uh, isn't a championship team because, I mean, they won a championship with uh, Josh Richards in that car. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Time to go to the locks of the week. Bert. Well, um, well, first, well, first, yeah, we got to oh, talk oh, about oh. Jay. Got to talk about <laughs> Jay. We all have, like, our real lock of the week, right? That is real estate by Jay Schmidt. Glad I got to see him. And I saw Trajan actually had his debut in a late model out there. Looked pretty good. He got, I think he got third in the city. He was pretty sporty. He got caught up in a rack. Not his fault. Um, tore some stuff up. Wasn't there night too. But if you're in the Watertown area, if you're in that area over in South Dakota, and if you need real estate transactions, I don't care if it's land, commercial, residential, whatever it is, get a hold of Jay Schmidt. He's going to take good care of you. He's been in the racing community in business for over 21 years, great family, great guy. That's our lock of the week. So Bert, now your other lock of the week. All right. Um, I am going to keep picking him until he wins. Um, AJ Demo will win the red clay classic in the late model. <laughs> All right, I got Daryl Nelson in the modified at the red clay classic. I got Johnny Broking doubling up at the Buffalo river speedway. He is not going to the red clay classic he's going to buffalo river and that's a fun little bull ring over there hopefully they're going to get back to Wissota racing there might be some news there stay tuned but johnny broking going to go head to head i believe with the one tpo that Ooh. will be that's that's must see tv if both of those two are at buffalo river that's must see tv dirt race central will have the action is that still called the corn cob nationals they already had that this is oh, like they're, okay having yeah so this is yeah this is something different but i'm hoping they're both there because i want to see them two go head to head on a bull ring all right it's time for the last lap presented by zuli's race engines we talk about them every week we always kind of go through some of the winners if, if you know we if the proof's in the pudding we talk about them every week for the last couple of years there's winners every week ryan you got anyone on the list this week well, I talked about Garrett Maserka, right? He got his first career win. That's Zuli Power underneath the hood. Got that done in Bemidji. Also in Bemidji, Aaron Blacklance winning in the Midwest Modified Division. And then Kyle Dykoff, 100 career wins, national championship, night one winner at the Autumn Classic. If you can't beat him, join him. Zuli Race Engines under your hood. That's what you need. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's get back over to the national dirt late model scene. Jimmy Owens might be changing rides. Well, we talked about that a little bit last week, right? We said there's a rumor going around. Now, I talked to some people that are kind of in the know in the late model world, and 
that sounds like it's pretty much done deal. Sounds like that's official. Hasn't been announced yet, but you heard it here first on the one to go show. Jimmy Owens going to double down motorsports going to be taking the ride vacated by Hudson O'Neill. All right. Tanner English looking for a ride. That's interesting guys. Don't you think Tanner English had a good year? Yeah. I, I was a little surprised when I heard the news because yeah, I, he has had a good year and, uh, uh, he's not a driver that tears up a lot of equipment. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Ashton Winger lost a ride earlier this year, but he was tearing up equipment like crazy. So, you know, uh, English obviously seemed like he took good care of his equipment and he got good results. So I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. It sounds like it was a real mutual deal with the, with him and the team though. It's well, they always say that, right? I mean, they also said that with Ashton Winger, they always say that it was, amicably separate you know whatever that's 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 like political we're not political on the one that goes we call it how it is. we're not we're not the dirt on dirt gang nothing against them but they're all they're too like we don't want to hurt any feelings and we're just that's not us that's not us i there had to have been more to the story maybe they ran out of money maybe there's a conflict i wish we knew because we would talk about it yeah i just won two weeks ago right first two wins right you know and now he's out the ride all right, our buddy Nick Hoffman. I got a nice interview with him What uh, last year when he was in the Bloomquist ride, um, making the comeback after that terrible accident. Yeah, super glad to see that he's okay, first of all. But then they had Mod Mania down at uh, Granite City, down at, uh, or Tri-City, I should say, in Granite City, Illinois. And uh, he got a big payday, payday down there, parking in Victory Lane. I mean, Nick Hoffman, regardless of what happened to him in that accident, He's still Nick Hoffman, and he's going to be fun to watch uh, the rest of the year. I'm not sure what his plans are, but that deuce is unbelievable in a modified. Awesome. All right, so we're going to get into our current standings here. Let me take a look. Bert trotting off, riding off into the sunset. Jeez, oh, man, you could take a look here. 148, I'm at 133, Ryan 127, Jeff 122, Mike 95 and Brad 75 and Mike sent us a little something here, boys. So this is look at here. <laughs> this is going to be the official trophy to the winner of the pick'em contest this year. So thanks, Mike. Little, little hard, Dylan, Dylan Cromschroder, right? The nine ride, awesome in a super stock, um, limited late model USRE late model guy. He helped out with that as well. Mike actually giving away the first trophy that he said he ever won for that. So. <laughs> Thanks, buddy, for that. Actually, yeah. Bert, you should be thanking him for that because I don't think we're gonna see that. I'm hoping, to, I'm hoping to get my puka and then tear you down at the end. And keep the yeah, I I had a good week last night or last week. I, I'll I'll admit that. Uh, uh, it seems like uh, we're adding a lot more races to pick. I don't know if that's because you guys need more races to try to catch me. Um, but uh, so we picked all those casino races. Uh, late models and the mods and i got eight points out of those races <laughs> i got i got four i picked scott ward and scott ward did not have a good weekend night number one scott ward was running like in the top five and he really he basically got sick of all the yellows and pulled off he said he was bored and just was not going to deal with it and then he he said that he was frustrated and just stayed home on night two <laughs> i'm like that's bullshit <laughs> what did Kaminsky say last weekend racers race Come on, Ward to the wild child Scott Ward because I came to casino because 
he, you never know what he's going to do in victory lane. I didn't get to see it. So donkey award to Scott Ward. Yeah. You got to interview him what last year or the year before. I remember that you guys had some fun in victory lane. All right. So, uh, you know, got the end of the show here and you can see what we're picking here. Wait, we got the graphics up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so big weekend, like I said, Buffalo river, red clay classic, uh, mad down, mad town showdown down in Madison. Yeah, they got, well, the Madtown showdown, of course, down in Madison is coming up, right? I actually announced that that a couple of years ago. That's a great event. The big one, no disrespect to any of the other shows, right? But the big one's a Red Clay Classic. I mean, they pay more for the Superstock purse there than the legendary 100 paid for the late models, if that tells you wow. anything. Right? So I really should go with my, my sure bet of the week because I don't think I, I, I picked Johnny, right? The sure bet of the week is, the Dave Flynn racing team and everybody with them will consume more cans of beer than laps at the red clay classic. That really should be my sure bet. Um, that is a, that's a big, big event down there. Um, Buffalo river with a double header victory lane speedway up in Winnipeg. They have a double header to cap off the season. That's on cooldown.tv. you know, and then of course we have, you know, the Castro flow racing night in America, tomorrow night it's tuesday we're doing the show that's at atomic there's three lucas races a pair of world of outlaw late model races a couple sprint car races so we got a lot of stuff going on you know we'll talk a little bit about the money side of things jackson braun posted and earning we'll do that next week when we have more time on the show we'll say we'll do a little bit more digging into that what are you guys looking forward to this weekend yourself uh, I mean, like you said, uh, no disrespect to all the other shows, but, you know, the Red Clay Classic is it's the big one local show in my mind. Yeah, the Red Clay, even though it's freezing cold. And although the weather weather looks like it's turning for the better a little bit towards the weekend, like I said, tonight, tonight's going to be very chilly where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, the Red Clay is kind of where it's at. And now remember, this used to be the Knoxville weekend. You know, the Knoxville Late Model Nationals used to be, and then about, whatever, five years ago, they moved it up. How about you, Ryan? What's your what's your number one, Ashland? You yeah, said. we talked about the weather, and actually, this weekend looks pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. On there, so hopefully, the weather is on the rise. Um, I think that's going to be a good deal. I, I guarantee it'll be warm where I'm watching it. <laughs> I promise you that. So I'm looking Very forward special. to play, but I I know Johnny Broking's going to Buffalo River, and I feel like Tyler Peterson will probably i haven't confirmed i figured he's probably going i want to see those two they don't like each other it just is what it is they don't like each other they both are hard chargers they're both fun to watch i want to see those two go head to head this weekend that's what i'm excited about It'd be worth the price of admission you ain't kidding all right anything else boys no that's it no all right. Well, race fans, we'd like to know where you're going and what you're most looking forward to. So please throw that in the comments in case we're, especially if we're missing something, make sure you get it down there for us. Uh, so like I said, uh, thank you for joining us. If you like the show, please share it, you know, like subscribe. We'd appreciate any of that. Uh, our, you know, great partners that help us keep this thing going. Dirt Track Supply, Brad Parsons, Soil and Egg Solutions, Jay Schmidt Real Estate, Zuli's Race Engines, BuyRaceShirts.com, Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Dirt Race Central, Mason Aaron Videos, of course, you can always DM us, get a hold of us that way. But if you want a more private message, the one to go show at gmail.com, you can find us on Spotify, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. For Ryan Ahill, for Bert Lehman, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream, your two two, the one to go show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.